giving us the opportunity to do something like that. Trusting us, giving us a lot of water to swim in, but I, I give him honor and thanks. And also give honor to all the ministry that's come and, and been a part of Project 39. And, you know, when Project 39 first started, it was like almost like it was my thing. And I didn't like that because it's not about me. If, if something happened to me, I still want Project 39 to be around. And there's opportunities for all of our ministers. Amen. We don't want to just go and start one work, but we want to start multiple works. We're in a big city with 400,000 people. Amen. And it's growing. So I'm believing in revival. Amen. I'm believing in a lot of great things that happen through Project 39. I'm not going to preach a long time. If you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 15, and verse 35. The Bible says, And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul. And the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Then going into the next chapter, chapter 16 and verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. The Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul? How long wilt thou mourn for Saul? Tonight for a few moments, and it will make sense in a little while, I'm going to preach, this church might not be for you. This church might not be for you. Put your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands one more time. God, we ask you, Lord, to be with us for the remainder of this service. God, we ask you, Lord, to move in every situation, in every life. God, we ask you, Lord, to move on this place with miracle signs and wonders. Uh, God, you know what you're doing in this house tonight, God. Uh, there's situations that need an answer to their prayers. There's, there's lives that need things put back together. There's situations that we don't even fully understand tonight, but you're the God that holds our world together. Lord, we trust in you and we praise you and we believe, God, that you're going to speak into situations tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. Tonight I want to ask the question, why is it that we come to church? Some statistics have said that in 1943, 73% of the United States said that they belonged to a church, whether that was a church or a synagogue or a mosque, some type of religious place. They said they belonged as a member. In the year 2021, it went below 50% for the first time in United States history. Since the turn of the year 2000, it's gone down rapidly like never before. Church attendance seems to be down. But I'm thankful for a church that's still having revival in the midst of all the decline. There's a church that's going up. But why is it that we come to church? Or some of us, we may come to church because this is a place 
for our family. And this is a place where our kids can be involved in singing and our kids can be involved in music. Our kids can be involved in different ministries and different groups. And it's just a good environment and that's why we come to church. Or maybe we come to church because we're looking for friendships and we're looking for conversations. We're looking to have connections. We're maybe looking for opportunities. Maybe we're looking for relationships. Maybe we're looking uh, for some kind of a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship. There's all different reasons why people come to church. But I really want to point out tonight is that the church is for people in pain. There's people, I believe, in this house that didn't come for any of those reasons, but you came tonight because you're in the season of pain. You came tonight because you're in a season of struggle. You came tonight because you're in a season of grief and you're trying to recover from loss and you're trying to get back on your feet and you're trying to figure out how you're going to make it. It's not just about opportunities for you, but it's about survival. It's about strength. It's about peace. And it's about joy. And you haven't found it anywhere else. And you just stepped in to the house of God tonight hoping that you'll find the answer to your need. Uh, I wonder tonight, is there anybody like that uh, that came into this place uh, and said, I'm not here for anything but Jesus. Uh, I'm not here for anything but to step in to the presence of God. Uh, oh, you can have it all, but give me Jesus. Uh, I need hope. Uh, I need a miracle. We can get so lackadaisical because we're not here for a move of God, but for those uh, that are hanging on by the last thread, uh, for those that are looking for things to turn around, for those that marriage is broken, for those that finances are upside down. This is more than just a community event, but this is a place where the situation can change completely. Come on right now, let's lift up our hands all across this house. It's more than food, and it's more than fellowship. There's spiritual warfare that's going on in lives tonight. Oh, come on, I wonder tonight, who came? Who came looking for an answer? Who came looking for a breakthrough? Who came looking for the situation to change? Who came hoping that the darkness that you're in right now would somehow brighten up a little bit? Who came right now wishing that the voices of giving up would go away? Who came tonight hoping that they'd find purpose for their life again? I wonder tonight, is there anybody like that? Oh, come on, that's all right. Let's lift our hands. You may be seated. Remember when I first came to church, I was in a group home at the age of 12 years old. My father had overdosed and died when I was 10. My mom was addicted to drugs and in jail. And I was in a group home. And I was looking at the wall of all the foster kids' rights that they have in California. And one of the rights was they could go to any religious gathering of their choice. 
So I got out of the group home and I came to 1418 West Columbus because I went through the phone book and I found a picture, all the different churches. I found the picture of the church I rode by my skateboard on in the middle of the night and I remembered that church. My mom took me to church one time when I was in second grade. Let me speak to some Sunday school teachers and tell you, you never realize the impact you may have in one Sunday. You may not realize the imprint that you made in somebody's life and oh it may be hard it may be difficult but I'll tell you I remember this church because of Sunday school one time in the second grade and I came here looking for a way out I I wasn't necessarily looking for God but I was just looking for a way out of where I was to go somewhere different and when I came I was invited by brother Nate Reese to the junior high Sunday school room and they prayed at the end of the lesson and the Holy Ghost began to move and this 12 year old kid that came off the streets that was already familiar with drugs and alcohol that had already seen needles go into arms right in front of me I stepped into an apostolic church I didn't care if you were dressed just right I didn't care if your socks were blue and your suit was black I didn't care if you ran the aisles the wrong way I don't care if you messed up when you sang your song I didn't care if the announcements were too long you know what I cared about I just wanted to get a hold of God and I felt something that I had never felt before I didn't worry about all the rest of it but I said God thank you for a place of escape from the world of hell. Thank you for a place that I could find peace and safety. Oh God, let us get over all of our pity, disagreements. Oh God, and begin to realize that there's a greater war going on behind the scenes. Come on, let's lift our hands. Oh, come on. I'm here tonight because I need something from God. Oh, there's people here tonight. You're hoping for for God to come down from the throne on a rescue mission of heaven and pull you out of hell. There's some of you that don't know what you're going to do the next week, and you came hoping that somehow there would be something that could happen in the house of God. Oh, you may be seated. I want to preach to people in pain. I've been doing a lot of research about church growth. One person said something very profound. They said, if you find out how to reach people in pain, you'll always have new people at your church. The church is here for people in pain. The church is here for people that are struggling. The church is here for people that have lost everything. The church is here for those that are ready to give up on life. The church is here. It was in the book of Genesis. They took Joseph's coat. They took Joseph's coat after they sold him to slavery and they dipped it in blood and brought it back to their father. And when they gave the coat to their father, Jacob, they said they just kind of played dumb. They gave him all the information and let him make the decision. And they said, we found this coat. We don't know whose it is. And he looks at the coat and he says, that's my son's coat and it's full of blood. No doubt he's been killed. He's been torn in pieces and his life is over. 
a moment of feeling like everything's over, a moment of feeling like it's the end of the road, a moment of feeling like the future of ever seeing my son again is done for. And he looked at that situation, and the Bible says he went down into mourning. He went down into weeping and crying bitterly. And it says that they tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. He stepped in to a situation that he did not know how to deal with. He didn't want to be bothered. All he knew his heart was broken and everything he had hoped to see in his son's life was gone. Everything he'd hoped that the future would hold was gone and shattered. And he looked at a bloody coat and he said, it's the end of the story. I want to testify to somebody tonight that just when the enemy steps in with a bloody coat and tell you that your situation is over and dead, there's a God that steps in with the final word because Joseph is being kept in the safekeeping of God. Well, come on, somebody. I wonder if you felt that right now. I wonder if you felt the connection right now. Just when the enemy said it was over, there was a God that stepped in and made a way. The enemy has a report that's an evil report, but God has a word that speaks victory into every situation. Come on, let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. You may be seated. I want to preach to somebody tonight that's in pain. Preach to somebody tonight that's going through a hard time, a struggle of trying to recover from things that you never saw coming, the tragedies of life, the disappointments of life, the setbacks of life, those are very real things. And if you haven't been through anything like that, just hold on, it's coming on all of us. The ultimate tragedy to ever take place in life is dealing with the loss of someone or even something that we dearly loved. Nothing can be more devastating. Nothing can be more final. After the tragedy occurs, we cannot escape the feeling that it should have never happened. And during the grieving process in its early days, we will often experience excruciating pain and numbness in our bodies and in our emotions. Many who have lost someone they love says that it takes everything within them just to get up and exist and everything beyond that seems nearly impossible. There's nothing deeper on earth than the relationship between two people who love each other. Whether that relationship is between husband and wife, parent and child, extended family or even amongst close friends, we feel personally responsible for those that we love. There may, be, there may even be an overwhelming sense of failure that somehow in some way we are to blame for their loss. We are to blame for this situation. I want to preach to somebody tonight that surviving a loss of a loved one requires a heightened and intentional dedication to living our life and moving forward. We must make a new commitment to living as hard as impossible as it may seem right now. We will survive this with the help of God. However, we will be changed forever. You can come to the music. I'm almost finished. We go back to Samuel who's mourning, mourning 
over loss, mourning over the disappointments of the past, mourning over things that didn't work out. When Samuel was just a young boy, he was surrounded by the ministry. And as he was surrounded by the ministry, he watched the ministry do wicked things behind the scenes. As he was raised in the ministry, he saw the ministry go against the word of God and break his trust. Let me just talk to somebody who's been hurt by the ministry. God is not the author of confusion. God does not approve of abuse in the house of his name. God does not approve of ministerial abuse. You don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to feel like you did anything wrong. I just want you to know that there's people that make failures and make mistakes because we live in a fallen world, but that wasn't God, and God didn't have anything to do with that. There's people that live their life away from God because they were hurt by people. I want to tell you that we may be hurt by people, but God can heal our broken hearts. You may be abused. You may be lied on. There may be things that have happened in your life. Oh, but don't let the hurt of the people get in the way of the mercy of God. The mercy and grace of God can restore you. The mercy and grace of God can move you forward. I'm not going to stay away from the house of God because of an offense or because of something that happened in the past. But I'm going to get up and I'm going to move forward in the mercy of God. Samuel was hurt by the ministry. Not only was Samuel hurt by the ministry, but when he was raising his own family, his sons were so wicked and evil, they didn't even want to be priests the way that God called them to be. And the people went looking for a king instead of them just having a priest. In his own family, there was disappointments and letdowns and things that he wished would change but never changed. And I'll tell you, in the house of God tonight, there's some, there's some things in our families that have broken us and disappointed us. And the people we love the most and invested all our time in can let us down. I'm not talking about out there in the world. I'm talking about in the church. These things can happen. Some people think, well, if I live for God, it's going to be perfect for the rest of my days. I'll tell you, it's not going to be perfect, but God will be with you. And he will help you to overcome the disappointments. And then Samuel steps into a new situation with a new king. And the new king, just like all of his other situations he's worked with, it starts looking like a perfect situation. But then the perfect situation falls apart. And he's mourning as we all stand. He's mourning over his brokenness. And he's mourning over his pain. He's mourning over his hurt. And he's mourning over his loss. And God tells him, how long wilt thou mourn? Arise and fill thine horn with oil and go. I feel like God is telling someone there's been a season of loss. There's been a season of grieving. There's been a season. There's just nothing you could do but get up and exist. But God spoke a word to Samuel and said, get up and go and fill thine horn with oil. I have appointed a new king over Israel. 
God wants to tell somebody it's time for a new beginning. It's time for a fresh start. I know the past has been broken, but you can move on. It's over with. There's nothing you can go back to do. There's nothing you could have done any different. You can sit around and blame yourself and regret all the decisions and regret the hurts and the loss of the past. But at some point, the time to mourn is over and there's got to come forward a time to move on. I'm not going to sit around beating myself up for the rest of my life over things I can't change. I'm not going to stand around wishing I could go back and live in the life of regret each and every day and reopening wounds and reopening pain and reopening the hurts. Oh, but I'm going to say, God, it's time for a new beginning. It's time for a fresh start. It's time to love again like you've never been hurt. It's time to live for God and be involved in the church like you've never been hurt. Nobody's been hurt by the church more than Jesus, and he shows up every Sunday. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He was wounded for our transgressions. And by his stripes, we are healed. I want to preach to somebody tonight that there's healing in the house of God tonight. There's new strength in the house of God tonight. You may feel like you've lost it all, but God says, I'm going to give you a new beginning. If your life is perfect and you've never had any problems, if you've never had to deal with a broken heart, if you've never been hurt, if you've never suffered, if you've never felt like giving up, if you've never fallen flat on your face, if you've never had to pull yourself together just to make it through the next day, this church might not be for you. But for those of us that have had to walk through the darkest times of our life, for those of us who have had to endure downfalls and setbacks and unexpected health issues, financial hardships, for those of us who have had to live through the loss of someone we love and go through the grieving process, for those of us who have had to walk through the fires and find our way through the flood, this church is exactly where we need to be. Come on, somebody all across this house, let's lift our hands. Come on, let's lift up our voice. I know the past has been broken. I know you've been hurt. I know you've suffered loss. I know you've suffered the unexpected tragedies of life. But I want to encourage somebody tonight that God is for you and God is not against you. God is not here to destroy you, but God is here to restore you. God is not interested in seeing your life fall apart, but God wants you to get back up and start all over again. Psalms 147 and 3. Healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Come on, there's hearts that have been broken. If you've got a broken heart, there's a God that can put it all back together. If you've got wounds, there's a God that can bring healing to the wounds. Come on, we need to pray tonight until something breaks. There's situations we don't even understand. Revelations 21 and 4, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I want you to know there's a God that can wipe away every tear from your eyes. There's a 
bring healing to your broken hearts. There's a God that loves you despite all the failures, despite all the sin, despite everything you've done. Come on, this church is exactly where you need to be tonight. Come on, there's a deep move of the Holy Ghost happening right now. Let's tap in. Let's tap in. Let's tap in.
Come on, there's a spirit of peace falling in this house right now. There's peace that's falling on broken situations.